Diverse is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one networking opportunities. Hi, I'm Jessica Rano, FY17 President of the Society of Women Engineers, and this is SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Joining me now is Natalie Vanderswiegel. Natalie is an FY17 Sonora Region B Senator. She is a professional life member of SWE. She has served as Section President, Vice President, Secretary, and Section Representative for the San Diego Professional Section. Her involvement in SWE extends with committee leadership roles at the region and society levels. Most recently, she served as chair for the Society's Program Development Grant, or PDG, committee. In 2015, she started her role as senator for Region B in SWE. Thank you for joining us, Natalie. Thanks. We're just going to kick it right off with some questions. So, our theme this year is Life's Variable, SWE's Your Constant. Can you tell us more about yourself and why you are a member of SWE and how it has become a constant in your life? Yeah, and... First, let me say thank you, Jessica. I'm really happy to join you for this podcast today. Uh, I joined SWE as a professional because I was looking to align myself and my volunteerism with a society that not only provided developmental opportunities for me, but also gave back to my community. I was especially impressed by SWE's mission to expand the image of engineering profession as a positive force. And how this directly translated into the pre-college outreach efforts that the society and its members were conducting. As a child struggling with dyslexia, school was, it wasn't easy for me. I was extremely thankful to my engaged science teachers in middle school that not only saw my potential, but introduced me to the opportunities in STEM. And with SWE, I now have that forum. I have a forum to help other girls see that a career in STEM can be very rewarding and achievable for them. That's great. That's actually one of my favorite parts of SWE, too, is the ability to mentor both up and down and receive a lot of valuable experiences from that. So, and as your role as a senator, you know that SWE is going through a governance update. How have you been involved in that? So last year, I began my term as senator for the society. And while I was deciding if the Senate role was one that was right for me, I went through several information interviews with current senators and society board of directors. So I was aware that the Senate was planning to have a significant project on the docket for the year, but I I didn't know the details. So during the transition in Senate leadership over the summer of 2015, uh, all of us, the, the senators, the incoming and the outgoing, we were briefed on the efforts to date on the governance update and provided a copy of the report from McKinley. This was the start of my involvement with the effort. And the report, it has nine main sections. Uh, The first was the board of directors and the Senate, the sections, committees, the nominating committee, collegiates, headquarters, international, and then regions. And each of those sections became a team, uh, what, what we called the governance working groups, with an additional team focused on bylaws. And I was assigned to the Senate working group. So as a point for our listeners, the McKinley Advisors Report's available on governance.swe.org under the detailed timeline and milestones. Can you talk a little bit more about the duties of the Senate Working Group that you were a part of? Of course. For the bulk of last year, our working group met to digest the recommendations from that McKinley Group report that you were talking about. 
and determine what I like to call the future state senate would look like. And I call it this because while we have some ideas of what this group's name is going to be, we haven't made a decision yet. So I refer to it as the future state senate. We had meetings every other week, and we reviewed the current senate procedures through the lens of our vision for what this current state senate would look like. We really challenged each other and our concepts of what the senate has always done to make sure we were putting together a plan for a body of advisors that were really chartered to lead the strategic direction of the society. Before the winter Senate meeting in February, all of the working groups applied a report out to the board of directors. And at that point, several of the groups expressed a concern for needing an additional level of detail on the overall structure of the society. See, if you think about it, several of the groups were working parallel paths based on some key decisions on the structure that hadn't been made yet. So it was similar to having both a plan A and a plan B based on how that decision was going to be made. And we really wanted to have some clarity in that. Since the structure would dictate a lot of those key handoffs between the different working groups, the winter Senate meeting began with an update from Colleen, the society president. And this update included what we now know and, and have termed the 8,000-foot view. And, and we've seen it in several of the webinars and the town hall and the presentations since. And that 8,000 view, it, it really allowed for a clearer vision for all of the working groups to use as an assumption for their efforts going forward. And it provided a much needed focus for the group to continue so that we no longer had to keep saying plan A would be this and plan B would be that. And at the end of the winter Senate meeting, all of the groups presented out on our progress and we gave special attention to discuss the concerns with the handoffs between the different working groups and how we would interact between each other. The working groups continued to meet until the last BOD meeting of last fiscal year. And at that point, we created our final reports, and the efforts have since transitioned to the governance task force. Yeah, so that last board of directors meeting was in June last year. And, um, you know, as we've moved along, can you give an example of what um, the handoff points between the working groups, how they, I know working together was important? Sure. So, I, like I said, I was on the Senate working group. So one of the recommendations that we had decided was we wanted to move the tasks of filling vacancies to the nominating committee. So during that winter Senate meeting, we really collaborated with the nominating committee working group and sat with them to make sure that we could review our recommendation and why we were providing that. And they could review that amongst themselves and provide feedback back to us. The handoffs and interactions, they're also the flow of communications. If you look at the 8,000 view uh, or 8,000 foot view, there are all those arrows that flow between the boxes. So anytime communication needs to go from one group to the other, either up in the structure or down or even across, as well as the, the changing of tasks that traditionally have been in one box that the working groups decided should probably sit somewhere else. And as a reminder, that 8,000-foot view is also available on governance.sweet.org. You're going to hear me referring to that a lot today because uh, there's a lot of great information available on that website. So as your working group finished up their report at the end of the year and handed it in in June, what's one of the recommendations from your working group that you think is important for the future state Senate that to be successful? Okay. Wow, that's, that's a hard question. There's a lot of key recommendations that we went over in the year. Um, I guess I would have to say the selection criteria, me personally, I think is the most important. 
And by this, I mean who's going to sit on that future state Senate. So currently, senators are selected based on some basic qualifications and geographical boundaries. And that means that each region has two professional senators and one collegiate senator. So say your employer offers you a promotion that requires you to relocate to another region. If you move your membership to be a part of your new local section, you could no longer be eligible for your Senate role. And I, I guess I just personally think that your career mobility should not impact your ability to serve the Senate. And it's especially meaningful to me because I have moved regions. And being a part of the Senate is really important to me. I'd be disappointed to have to forfeit my position. So the recommendation for the future state Senate is to have a selection process that's based on a competency model in addition to the basic qualifications. And the members would be elected by the entire society membership, along with a few being appointed. To me, this means our senators would be selected because they had the right combination of skills and experiences, rather than what zip code they live in. That's a really great point. It, you know, I know over the years we've had several senators who've had to vacate their role because they relocated. And with our current structure in the Senate, two thirds of the members are newly elected each year because we have 10 new collegiate members each year. And from the professional side, there's two professional senators and they alternate their terms. Correct. That's a lot of turnover. Yeah. So there's only 10 returning members each year. And when they have to vacate the role because they've moved, there's been years where we've only had a handful of returning members. So it's very difficult to maintain momentum with that big of a group and everyone being new each year. So um, as you mentioned, the governance task force, why did the effort move from the working groups into a task force for the upcoming year? Yeah, so each working group was working on just one piece of the pie at a very detailed and tactical level. At the end of that year, it was time to understand those handoffs that I mentioned before. For instance, the nominating committee taking ownership of filling those vacancies and how that interaction would work not only with their current workload, but all the other boxes in that view, right? Together in that 8,000 foot view. And that, that, that's really where this update is either going to be successful or not. So the task force is now undertaking this difficult task of reviewing and combining the hundreds of recommendations that all the working groups have put in front of them. And they've got to come up with one cohesive plan for the society. And keep in mind, strategic work, it's tough. You have to challenge the norms and, and have a team that understands the tension that this will create. And you have to be able to work professionally in that space. And let's not forget that they're doing this all remotely. And my working group had 18 members. If we combined all of the members from all nine working groups, it would just have been too large of an organization to try to get this work done. The task force is small, and it allows for this type of work to be successful. Also, since the task force is focusing on all of those interactions, like I said, the members need to be more familiar with the overall current state, and not just one part. Or I guess slice of the pie, if you want to go back to my metaphor. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, when we had that winter Senate meeting, I, there was about 70 of us there. It was a really large group of everyone there. And, you know, like the group I was part of, the sections group, also had over 10 members. So, um 
I think we took on, I know when we created the task force, we took a member from each of the different working groups. So we had that knowledge and background. Uh, so we had the, the task force has the strength of, you know, and the experience from each of those groups, but then they'll be able to have that smaller group to go forward. Correct. That's really important. Yeah. So are you pleased with the progress that we've made so far? Yeah. So I'll admit that in the weeks leading up to the Senate, when our Senate meeting, I, I did feel like we were taking a long amount of time to make very little progress. And remember when I said the working groups were doing parallel paths, like a path A and a path B, based on how those decisions were going to be made? The Senate working group was the same. So that lack of a focused direction, it was splitting up our resources. And we often were spinning our wheels a little bit, trying to actually come up with some progress. So when the 8,000-foot view came out at the start of the Winter Senate meeting, it was given to all the working groups, and I see that as a huge milestone. It may seem small to someone that wasn't involved, but let me assure you, it was a lot. It took a lot of work to translate all the words that the McKinley advisors had given us into a model that would actually work for SWE, something that allowed us to maintain the strength of our grassroots feel, or that SWE sisterhood, because you just there's, it's hard to find a name for what that feeling is. But while still providing us a structure that was flexible to meet the needs of our current membership and desired future growth. And I'll also admit, right, as an engineer, I love to see a Gantt chart with milestones laid out all nice and pretty. However, strategic work isn't a design project. And it has semi-fluid milestones, especially at the start. Because if you don't know where you're going, you don't know how long it's going to take to get there. So you need to spend some time being uncomfortable without a nice Gantt chart to define where you're really going to go. So all in all, I'm very pleased with the progress we've made. And I appreciate that the society has committed resources to allow us to do this right and take the time we needed to thoroughly examine the recommendations from the external consultants as well as all of the individual working groups. I want to make sure we get this right. There's a lot writing on these decisions. I love SWE, and I want SWE to be successful. I'm sure most of our members do. Our, our mission's just, it's far too important to jeopardize it by making a decision too quickly. And that's a great point. You know, I've... Uh... I've often heard from our members that they want to know the plan and they're expecting, you know, I think I'm a project manager. I know a lot of our members do project management and they're expecting that there's, like you said, that Gantt chart, everything laid out. And, you know, we're still in that process. And I think a lot of times our members are surprised thinking that it's already mapped out. And then I notice a lot of times that they're really relieved to find out that they actually know what's going on and they're up to date. So that and that's one of the concerns I've heard from people. Are there other concerns you've heard from our membership on the governance update? I think yeah, I think a lot of people are concerned about about how the communication will flow in the society, especially with the removal of regions. Right? If we go back to that 8,000-foot view, how are those arrows actually going to work? And how will the information flow up and down and across? And I think there's also a group of SWE leaders and future leaders who are concerned about the leadership opportunities and their growth within SWE, especially without the regions and the positions that the regions traditionally offered for leadership development. So, yeah, I, you know, that's one of the main concerns I've heard also with the dissolution of our geographical boundaries. Um, 
But, you know, as we were talking earlier in the conversation, I think those geographical boundaries have also limited us. So it's going to give us some new opportunities as we move forward to have, you know, different roles. And going on to that, continue on that point, you know, you joined SWE as a professional. And one of the reasons you joined, you said, was for professional development. What are your thoughts on how the dissolution of the regional boundaries could impact our leadership opportunities? I I have a very personal connection with this question. Uh, I already told you that I moved regions. And when I did this, I wasn't eligible for some of the leadership roles in my new region because I, I hadn't already held a committee role within that group. But I knew that I really wanted to continue my leadership journey with the society and find a way to give back for the mission. So knowing that, I joined the Society Program Development Grant Committee. And in my first year, I volunteered to lead the pre-review team. So for those not familiar with the PDG committee, that's similar to leading a subgroup on any other committee. And the following year, I moved into the role of chair-elect, and then I was chair. And two years after that, I started my Senate role. So so you went from section leadership to committee leadership and then to society Senate leadership, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I never held a traditional region officer role. Without having that region officer role, do you still feel you're prepared to be a senator? Uh, yeah, I, I feel that my experiences prepared me very well for my role as senator. And I wasn't dis- at any kind of disadvantage by not having that region role. And this is one of the models for the leadership pipeline in that 8,000 foot view. For an individual to go from section leadership to committee leadership to society leadership. And please don't get me wrong, traditional region leadership positions have provided value to our society, and they've contributed significantly to our growth. They've been very successful development paths for several of our past and current leaders. Region leadership is not the only path to success, and it wasn't my path. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, as uh, um, I am a past region governor, so people often say I've led a traditional path to society president. But we've also had several people on the board and in uh, as even serving as president who have led a similar path to what you have. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, the region roles don't limit you to that. Correct. So why do you feel this governance update is important for our membership? So as a society, we've grown so much. Um, we've almost doubled in size in just, what, I think it's the last 10 years. And that that's really amazing. And the credit goes to all of our members that share the mission of SWE and the value their memberships provided them. But let's be honest, I know I don't work like I did 10 years ago, and probably no one does. But our structure just hasn't changed to reflect that. And it's time for us to evolve. And in order to do this, we need to update our governance structure. We need to make sure that we have a structure that allows us to continue to grow without losing that grassroots feel. What, what we all know is the core of SWE. And that's not easy. So we've got to make sure we get this right. We want our members to seek information about these changes and provide their feedback, their concerns, and their questions. Yeah, it's amazing how much SWE has grown. Uh, we have region conferences that are just about as big as the society conference when I joined 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, we just continue to grow in all areas in the U.S. and abroad. So, 
you're going back to that original McKinley Advisors report that we talked about. Are there any of the recommendations that you strongly related to? Yeah, so the McKinley report cited um, several things as a justification for their recommendations. And a common theme in, in several of those was the fact that we often have leaders that serve in multiple roles at the same time. And I can attest to this. I was the chair of the Society PDG Committee the same year I was the president of my local section. And oh yeah, that year, our region conference was held in my city with my local section being a co-host. So do I feel like I did a good job in my leadership roles? Absolutely. But do I feel like I could have been more effective had I only had one role at a time? Absolutely. And while that's really hard to say, I don't think this experience is unique to me. We have a little bit of a history of spreading ourselves maybe a bit too thin to make sure we cover all of the important roles and tasks. And often we see this come back in in someone being burned out or a leader hitting that, right, that too much sweet wall. Or in my case, we see that not every role is is taken what, what, to like that maximum level possible because we're doing so many roles at the same time. And I feel that SWE is the type of organization that allows you to grow with it. And it's important that our leaders are supported in their roles and set up to be the most successful they can be in them. I have, I can agree right along with you on that one because I had a similar experience <laughs> when I was a society committee chair, when I was chair of the Collegiate Interest Committee, and I was also my local section president. And we were trying to start a group, Columbus Technical Societies. And like, just like you say, you get to the point, there's only so much time in the day, and there's only so much time you can devote to SWE. You know, we all have our families and our jobs and, you know, out, other outside interests and like the, that too much SWE wall. Uh, you know, we can't, you can't do it all. So I think that's one that a lot of the leaders can relate to. Yeah. And it's not a weakness in us as a leader. It's just, we've, you know, taken on, you know, multiple roles to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks and nothing goes unfilled. But then, like you said, we only have a limited amount that we can give. So we have to divide that up amongst those roles. So as you go forward, what are you looking forward to most in regards to the governance update? Okay, another hard question, huh? Um, I'd have to say that I'm really looking forward to see how much more we're able to accomplish 10 years from now, right? It probably won't be a podcast that they're sitting on talking about this 10 years from now, but uh, how many more young girls have we been able to introduce to STEM as a viable and rewarding career option? How many more members has SWE provided valuable leadership opportunities that have translated into demonstrating the skills required for them to get a promotion at work? How many more diversity champions will we be able to reach? That list, I think it's endless. We'll have so much more that we'll be able to accomplish. It is exciting to see how SWE is looking internally so we can stay relevant and, as you say, continue to grow and to keep accomplishing more and serving our members and ultimately fulfilling our mission. So I'm also looking forward to see how we continue to grow as an organization. As we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I would just say to thank you for allowing me the time to to share my journey with the governance update and um 
how the last year has been for me from my perspective. And I want to thank all those that are listening to the podcast and reaching out to learn more about what the society is doing and our progress so far. Like I said, this is important work. We need to make sure we do it right. And thank you for sharing your story with us. You've been an integral part to the moving forward on our governance updates. And for everyone who's listening, a reminder to find out more on the governance update, go to governance.sweet.org. And you can also email questions to governance at sweet.org. The mailbox is monitored and answered, and we also have a frequently asked questions at governance.sweet.org. You also can find out updates about this uh, are sometimes posted on SWE's Facebook page. So be sure to follow SWE on Facebook. So Natalie Vanderspiegel is an FY17 Sonora Region B Senator and a professional life member of SWE. Natalie, thank you for participating in SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancedlearning.swe.org. 